In this bulletin, First Nations people and Australians with mental health issues hit hardest by rising rent prices. More US troops to be present in Australia. And in football, the quarterfinal lineup at the World Cup is complete after victories by Portugal and Morocco. New research finds nearly a fifth of low-income earners are paying more than half their income in private rent, with First Nations people and those with mental health issues the fastest-growing groups in need of support. The Homeless Monitor from Launch Housing reveals around 185,000 low-income earners are paying rent well above the accepted maximum measure of 30% of their income, exposing them to a higher risk of homelessness. The report also found that this month alone, an estimated 91,000 Australians will reach out to homelessness services, an 8% jump over four years. Francis Sullivan, Chair of Catholic Social Services Australia, told SBS low-income Australians are being heavily impacted by the housing crisis. They find themselves trying to live out of cars. They find themselves actually living at rough. We can't keep waiting simply for the the dragon called inflation to be beaten. Governments need to intervene now with substantial rental assistance targeted to the most needy. The Australian government is investing $334 million in the future of First Nations children. The Minister for Indigenous Australians, Linda Burney, announced the funding at a meeting of state and territory ministers for Indigenous Affairs in Hobart yesterday. The investment will look to deliver more than 550 early years and uh, education activities to 100,000 children and students. Programs will range from facilitated playgrounds in Alice Springs to mentoring for First Nations students in Brisbane and school-to-work transition support in remote western New South Wales. Minister Linda Barney said this investment is vital to ensuring a strong foundation in education for First Nations children. State and territories will be asked to use all the powers available to them to help shift energy prices when leaders meet with the Prime Minister this week. Energy Minister Chris Bowen says the federal government had been looking very, very carefully at all the options to help ease pressure on households and businesses. He says the federal and state governments need to work together to consider the most effective responses available. Australian and U.S. officials have announced there will be a greater presence of U.S. Navy and Army troops in Australia to deal with the increased risks to regional peace and stability. U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says there are growing threats to peace in the Indo-Pacific that has prompted the change in security settings. And we committed ourselves to concrete steps to deepen our cooperation in both diplomacy and defense. The United States and Australia share a vision of a region where countries can determine their own futures. Unfortunately, that vision is being challenged today. China's dangerous and coercive actions throughout the Indo-Pacific, including around Taiwan, toward the Pacific Island countries, and in the East and South China Seas, threaten regional peace and stability.
Australia's Foreign Minister Penny Wong says Australia's position on Taiwan has not changed. We collectively have, have a strong stake in preserving peace and stability uh, across the Taiwan Strait. Uh, and uh, Australia has made its view clear about the importance of uh, not there being no unilateral change to the status quo. And we value our long-standing unofficial relationship with Taiwan, underpinned by cultural, economic and people-to-people ties. Australia adheres to the one-China policy, which means Australia does not diplomatically recognize Taiwan as a country, but maintains unofficial contacts promoting economic, trade and cultural interests. Defence Minister Richard Maltz says he will be seeking greater defence cooperation with Japan in his meetings with Japan's Foreign Minister Hayashi Yoshimasa and Japan's Defence Minister Hamada Yasukazu later this week. He says Japan and Australia have strong trade links and security ties and that will only be enhanced after the upcoming meeting. We face uh, a world in which the strategic environment is as complex and precarious Uh, really, as at any point since the end of the Second World War. We are doing this from the point of view of providing balance within our region. We look forward to being able to have more engagement with Japan in terms of that force posture cooperation, with an invitation for Japan to be participating in more exercises with Australia and the United States. The amount of neomethane entering the atmosphere has increased for the 30th month in a row. The new data from the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration shows the global methane level is now at 1,962 parts per billion. The powerful, heart-trapping greenhouse gas is the second biggest contributor to human-caused global warming after carbon dioxide. The International Energy Agency says methane is responsible for around 30% of the rise in global temperatures since the Industrial Revolution. Experts from a range of Australia's universities have joined forces with philanthropists to spearhead a new group to advise and advocate on biodiversity issues. The Biodiversity Council aims to inform policy discussion on matters including the economic cost of biodiversity loss, conservation to enhance climate adaptation, and opportunities to improve indigenous outcomes through work on country and caring for biodiversity and nature. The 2021 State of the Environment report released this year found a growing list of threatened species in Australia and forecast extinction would increase in coming decades if current management efforts, conservation investments and regulations on habitat destruction were not increased. Donald Trump's real estate company has been convicted of carrying out a 15-year-long criminal scheme to defraud tax authorities. The Trump Organization, which operates hotels, golf courses and other real estate around the world, faces up to $2.39 million in fines. Donald Trump himself was not charged in the case. Alan Futafas, a lawyer for the Trump Organization, says the company plans to file an appeal. It'll certainly be appealing, of course, and a uh, novel and uh, really interesting issue developed during the trial, obviously the definition of the behalf of what that means, and we filed a lot of papers to the defense team about what those words mean. Um, they were enacted in 1965. Uh, the judge recognized that there was not a lot of definition on that at all. 
The International Criminal Court has been asked to investigate the fatal shooting of journalist Shireen Abu Akli as she was reporting from a Palestinian refugee camp in Maine. News channel Al Jazeera submitted a formal request to the court including evidence it says counters the account from Israeli Defense Forces that the shooting the shooting death was a result of crossfire from Israeli soldiers. Al Jazeera's lawyer Rodney Dixon says the prosecutor has new evidence before him. The prosecutor now has a comprehensive body of evidence. We have over the last six months interviewed eyewitnesses who were there, who recorded it. Uh, We've also unearthed a whole lot of new footage that has come out from different angles, different places, showing what happened. Shireen Abu Akleh's niece, Lina Abu Akleh, says the family wants justice and truth. We expect that the prosecutor would uh, seek uh, justice and truth, and we expect that the court will deliver uh, accountability and hold those responsible, uh, the institutions and individuals responsible, accountable for this heinous crime. Uber has been fined $21 million by the federal court for misleading customers about their fare estimates and trip cancellation fees. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission launched the court case in April. It alleged that from at least December 2017 to September 2021, Uber's app displayed a misleading cancellation warning. When consumers tried to cancel their bookings, they received a message saying they would be charged a small fee since your driver is already on their way. The city of Melbourne says it will be commissioning more statues of women to restore the gender balance in public art. Only 9 out of 580 statues in the city of Melbourne are of women. A motion has been passed at Tuesday night's council meeting for at least three new statues of significant Victorian women to be built in the Melbourne CBD. Mr. Rees says the gender gap is beyond absurd and is a moral hazard for Melbourne. Melbourne Lord Mayor Sally Cap says it is important to have stories of important women shared publicly. And to sport, Morocco has become the first Arab nation to reach the World Cup quarterfinals, defeating 2010 champions Spain 3-0 on penalties. Madrid-born Ashraf Hakimi scored the winning penalty. Spain missed all three of their penalties. Morocco is just the fourth African team to reach the quarterfinals after Cameroon in 1990, Senegal in 2002 and Ghana in 2010. That was how the winning moment was called. Oh, what a way to do it. Come and get me, guys. Job done for Morocco. They soaked up the pressure and then they stepped up in the shootout to send Spain packing. It is the first upset of the round of 16. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Brome sunny 33, Perth possible late storm 31, Adelaide partly cloudy 21, Melbourne afternoon shower 220, Albury Wodonga mostly cloudy 25, Hobart showers developing 19, Canberra mostly sunny 25, Wollongong partly cloudy 27, Sydney much the same 29, 
Newcastle, possible shower developing 30 degrees, Brisbane, sunny 32, Townsville, sunny 31, Cairns, similar conditions 34, Alice Springs, sunny 40 degrees, Darwin, a shower of 234, and the West Strait Islands, a partly cloudy day and a top of 32 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 